Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Been a crazy couple weeks. Yeah, sorry we missed last week. I was just all tuckered out last week and could not get out of bed to record. I was just so tired. A long week, man. Well, my sister was in town, and then she lives in uh, up in the Midwest in snow territory. I don't get to see her often, so that made things a little crazy on my end as well. Mm-hmm. So we did make up for it. We had a little mini to discuss uh, the Out of Gallia banner, mm-hmm. and we'll certainly touch on that this week to kind of wrap up, because I know, Eddie, I know you did some summoning. And before we talk about that, we've got our banners currently running. For the next couple of days, you have your chances to get those spring uh, bunny heroes with hairs at the fair going into the 21st of April and spring festival going to the 22nd of April. We've got our new power banner until the 23rd of April. 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 There we are. <laughs> Out of Gallia until the 27th. And finally, the brand new special heroes, a season for picnics until May 19th. That's right. We're dropping some May dates. But Eddie, how'd those summons go? Uh, They went pretty well. Um, On the Gallium banner, um, with the first free summon, I decided to go ahead and do two wheels. Uh, Don't know if I had decided for sure if I was just going to go till I got a five-star or just do those first two wheels, but I did manage to get Ranel from the second wheel, so that was figured uh, solved pretty quickly. Um, then with each of the free summon tickets, I decided I would um, pull a minimum of five orbs. Essentially, if I didn't get five orbs in the first ring, I'd hop in for a second ring until I got at least five. Uh, and I managed to get Mordecai off of those, and off of, I think, second or maybe the third ticket. Uh, and ended up getting a spare Caden when I finished out that wheel. Uh, with the last set of tickets, um, I did get nothing, but... Uh, decided to go ahead and try and clear out my pity rate and probably spent a bit more than I originally planned, but I did end up getting Canagus. Uh, so, you know, was a little low on orbs after that. Um, but, of course, with me and Special Heroes banners, I did dive deep into the Picnic banner. Um, got Jenny nice and early, uh, followed by getting a Sue pity break, so that was nice, getting a Pity break of a character I didn't have yet. Uh, got Lucas after that, uh, followed by a few pity breaks. I think at least one of them was a uh, two on a wheel, but I've uh, got a Raisin, Helbindi, and a Wayne. Uh, and of course, the two Ice Sisters were being stubborn. Uh, but I did eventually manage to get Felicia, uh, and uh, Flying Olivia pity broke me. Uh, so, no Flora yet, but we got a month, so I'm probably going to continue dipping in to try and get her that's good yeah no a month-long banner returns and um it's interesting so you you got all so do you you got all the beast banner or the beast units from out of galia uh, no i did not get leith or leth or however you pronounce her name. <laughs> i was having a hard time with that one as well it's like it's not how you would spell leif but it sure looks yeah. like it <laughs> you know yeah and you know um I think Phoenix Master One. I watched his summoning videos, and he calls her Lethe. Lethe. Uh, mm. I so don't like that. I, I, that one sounds weird to me as well. So <laughs> it's like 
I really have no clue, and I haven't seen a official pronunciation guide. Maybe, know? maybe Leth, Leth. Maybe, maybe. I mean, mm. I think it's supposed to be off of the river that makes you forget things. So, mm. I guess I forgot how to pronounce it. Yeah, I uh, didn't get anything from the the picnic banner yet, but I mean, I haven't really dove very deep. I am I'm interested in in a couple of them, but. Uh, in terms of the out of Galia, I did get I think three quarters of the tickets. Maybe I got all the tickets, and I ended up going for I think it was I was going for Lahith or Lahoth or however we're going to pronounce that, and Canagus, the Lion King, because I was kind of I was kind of intrigued by sort of the, the I just wanted some the Lion King basically. I want to reference the, the Lion King and hold him up in the air, hold my phone up in the air, and go, it's the circle. Please don't sue us, Disney. And uh, I didn't get a chance to do that. Somehow I don't think it's likely we'll get sued over that. Yeah, probably they'll not. They'll not even be sure. Even hearing it, they'll not even be sure it's the uh, reference to the song. Oh, what are you talking about? That was spot on. I, I like uh-huh. I, that was my okay. best Elton John impression. Did you not? You couldn't tell? I fully <laughs> believe that that was your best Elton John impression. <laughs> That's a good response. That was really good. That was both a burn and incredibly honest response. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, okay, I didn't get any beast units out of out of Gallia, but I did. Uh, I got some pity breaks of Brave Veronica and Shiro, which were both characters I already had uh, as I was going. Pretty for. decent, though. You got yeah. a couple five stars. Yeah, I'm not yeah. like, and I didn't go deep. I was basically how I work with tickets is I'll do the ticket. And then I'll know what orbs I want to focus on, and I'll and I'll summon those orbs. And so in this case, I think it was green and colorless. And uh, it would have been red and colorless. Red and colorless it was yeah. uh, red. So yeah, so I got, I think I got like one or two reds, but a lot of colorless. So I ended up getting, I think Veronica was the pity break from the colorless, and then I just completed the wheel and got a Shiro. I think he's a he's a blue. Blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, not too not too shabby, and I'm glad you you jumped in on the the picnic banner. It sounds like you went deep if you got a lot of pity breaks, but uh, I look yeah, forward to hearing more about kind it. Kind of felt like the pity breaks were coming more often, but that mm-hmm. could just be you know just random luck on this banner. But, right, but is this the first? This isn't the first banner that where the new the new pools have been set in, right? Out of Gallia was the first banner with the new pools. Okay. Yeah. Do you, have there been some numbers dropped on that to tell whether or not like you could really feel it, or or do you think you would just it would all be coincidence? Uh, if there are, I haven't double checked them. Hmm. I haven't seen them exactly. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't really frequent external Fire Emblem content outside of Serene's Forest, so um, it, it there hasn't been like hard hitting, you know, look at it. Yeah. But maybe our I, listeners will I correct go us. To... I go to that in Game Press, and for Game Press, I mainly just go there to see what's the recommended um, boon to keep for when I'm merging, so I know which unit to merge into which. You know. Yeah, no, I when I, I have uh, multiples. I use Game Press as well, but yeah, I mean, it's funny as always. You look at sort of the summoning, and you've got this great big adventure, and I'm just like, yeah, I got a couple, but I think. I think I'm saving up my orbs. We'll get to the point. I mean, we haven't had a legendary Lin, you know, scenario in quite a while. So I think we will get around to sort of some more summoning on my part. But uh, that that spring ba- spring promo is looking mighty mighty tempting. If there's a 
if there's a really sought after unit that comes up, but um, something I'm not going to drop orbs on. Sorry, go ahead, Eddie. I was going to say, and I do kind of like the outfits in this ring. It's nice to see them. Yeah. They're, they're cute outfits, but they're fully, they're out, full outfits as yes. opposed to some of the other banners. Well, no one goes to a picnic in a bikini, and I'm glad Intelligent Systems kind of caught on to that, right? I mean, I go yeah. to picnics in a bikini, but I'm abnormal. Of course, we do continue the trend of the weird armor, since all the armored units are just carrying heavy backpacks, apparently. <laughs> yeah, they just turn around whenever something comes at them. Um, yeah. And, I mean, we, we should definitely have that art up as we're discussing the units, because you're right. Like the the Not only is this a new special hero banner, like a new event, although it's labeled as spring in Game Press, so they're kind of labeling it as like a second spring event which is kind of interesting um but to me it's clearly a new a new special event right it it is new it's not getting any you know repeat banners with it type thing and it kind of feels like they're looking to start a new uh pattern essentially uh new heroes at the start of the month and then a uh, seasonal or a special banner uh for the middle Mm mm-hmm because uh, that seems to more or less be what they've done. Uh, last month they did the Beyond Darkness, although that one ran a full month. I'm not sure if they're still determining what the right length for the new hero banners are. Mm-hmm. But and a forging bonds with the new hero. Yeah, and that seems to be pretty on target in terms of. I mean, let we'll talk about Aether Resort in a bit in a little bit. But you have some notes here about like forging bonds and sort of the pattern they're settling into like forging bonds being around for every new hero banner have you been really enjoying that sort of you know that cadence of uh of content they're throwing out there i have i'll admit um the last forging bonds the one before this beyond darkness i uh kind of lost track of time and it ended before i finished it Mm -hmm. i think i got all the conversations before it ended but i didn't get all the accessories or all the um grails out of it uh but i do like it in that like characters like that one and like this one i get to know learn more about their actual you know character and who they are because these are games that i haven't played a ton of that so i don't really know the characters that much yeah there's one thing about these new hero banners and the forging forging bonds because i do agree the forging bonds i wish I need to make a point of diving into Forging Bonds before, not even before we record, but before we write out our unit descriptions, because having a better understanding of those characters really helps to explain them on the show. And I, I like you, I have not played the Tellius series to completion, and I, I see these heroes, and I, and I want to learn more. And honestly, when new heroes come out that I haven't experienced in their proper game i feel like playing that game obviously that's not a a clear option with with the Tellius series at least it's not always yeah it's not always easy or feasible no and and even to to a certain extent nigh impossible for some of these these uh these franchises so like yeah i really enjoy learning more about the heroes and forging bonds in my mind a completion is getting all the conversations would you would you think completion is i mean Completion is completing the mode, but in my mind, if I finish the conversations, I'm happy. Um, the game considers a completion once you get all of the um, 
joint conversations. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. I'd like to get all of the conversations. And for me, I also would like to get all the accessories, even though I don't really use them that much. I like to make sure I have them. Oh, right. If I don't get all the heroic grails, I'll generally be okay. Uh, but getting that second wave of accessories does tend to help out on the next forging bonds. Because the second wave of accessories is usually the first wave or first set of accessories for the next forging bonds. Mm -hmm. So like this one, I had to wait until I got those, got three of the accessories from this forging bonds to be able to get the full boost um, that you get from accessories. Yeah, I often, I don't like equipped my heroes with accessories on purpose like obviously i'll auto equipped in in forging bonds but um i guess i don't miss them if i if i miss them you know i'm not too terribly for me it's more of a completionist thing mm -hmm. it's you know i don't like sitting there having these three accessories that i do not have which is how it is now right even though i don't really go in and equip accessories other than for forging bonds events and that's usually just via auto equip as well so mm -hmm. i have a couple characters i've thrown an accessory on and even though maybe i should change it i still haven't changed it so yeah and um how do you feel about sort of the pattern of of content that they're releasing like do you feel it's a it's got a good spread or, or are there some you know some some hollow points here and there um it depends on what they do with the special banners mm -hmm. if they try to do what they've done uh so far with special banners where every special banner is a new version of what they did last year it could probably get old in a year or two you know yeah i mean some would argue that the bunnies are already starting to get kind of old. Yeah, like if you're thinking year five, they suddenly have released their fifth edition of bunnies. Um, yeah. Um, or even looking at summer, where if they do the year three of summer, that'll be your fifth and sixth rendition of summer. And maybe yeah. there's more to play with there than just slapping some bunny yeah, ears on people. Summer's one I think they could possibly manage to hold out a bit longer. And it depends on how they handle it. But, like, you know, after a while, if every year you're getting the same exact uh, types of special units at the same time, same month, it's like, yeah, it's kind of, uh, you know, kind of just like, okay, some more of this, more of that, you know? Yeah. It, it's hard to describe. It's not that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily want the new heroes in the new, in the design. Like, with this picnic event, I really like the outfits. It's, you know, the Flora and Felicia's dresses are cute. Uh, Jenny's, uh, I'd have to relook at it to remember exactly what it looks like. Uh, but I thought hers was pretty cute and nice with the little deer in her picture. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're nice outfits, but it's, you know, and I probably would not mind more heroes in similar outfits. Yeah, but no, You know... It's more of an issue of, uh, you know. Well, we had if this conversation. Nothing new, nothing mm -hmm. interesting 
to really draw you for the special banners, it could probably get kind of boring after a while. We had a bit of this conversation in our uh, DMs and Discord about how I was feeling like, man, it just feels like I'm not going into the game to do anything of substance lately. And I think I've come around on Forging Bonds again. Like, I'm actually back in and enjoying it. I really like Tempest Trials. And, I mean, I... I can't tell you why, because the way I play Tempest Trials doesn't differ from how I engage with any other mode. Um, but to me, I feel like the start of the month can sometimes be a little lackluster, especially if the version update doesn't bring gangbusters. And I think this month was a specific example where maybe in combination with being very busy and not having a lot of like attentive time for Fire Emblem Heroes, combined with the event... Or sorry, the patch that came out early April with Ether Resort. Um, we're, let, let's talk about Ether Resort because I think it's a clear culprit. No, I think we're good not talking about it. Well, let's talk about it once, and then we won't have to mention it ever again unless something crazy happens. But Ether Resort is a great example of a mode that comes in, and it's not for us, and it doesn't scratch that itch of jumping in and finding engaging content because it's it is. Someone described it as fishbowl mode in Discord, and I can't give credit. Maybe maybe it was you, Eddie, but um, it's a it's a grand description of that event. It almost give uh, of that mode. It almost gives it too much credit. Um, but then, like there are you, so you build these buildings, you add your heroes in, and and I've surprise surprise filled it with lins. All the lins I have are now in this little fishbowl. <laughs> I've just put the one lin I have, yeah, there, but or one lissa, I mean. You can't. Well, well, the main list I haven't put the spare lissa in yet. Oh, you got to create a community of lissas. Well, I only have two lissas. I don't have twenty lins. Can you duplicate up lissas? I guess I could, but apparently, there, if you saw the notes, there was some kind of weird glitch doing that. Oh, really? I saw a glitch. Yeah. There was a glitch with the inn that was making heroes sleep in the same bed. And I'm like, sure, a glitch. That doesn't sound like a glitch. That sounds like a rating change, if you know what I mean. Um, they were having sex. Um, yeah, but uh, they were not. They were sleeping together. Ether Resort... I'm going to move past that one. Ether Resort is a weird mode where you have to check in each day to get a droplet of the currency required to build these buildings. Now, I don't know about you, Eddie, but like front you're fronted with a quite a bit of that currency to go in and build these buildings. I built about half the buildings that were available, and then I was able to build a third one shortly after just through the trickle of 10 resort droplets, whatever they're calling them. I know I we... I've only built two of the buildings, and I purchased one of the um, ducks to go with the hot springs. Yeah, so... The hot springs were interesting because you remember the hot springs in tap battle? That was the big thing. Like, oh, what's going to be the end of tap battle? And they all jump into a hot spring. I was like, really? That's your, uh, yeah, that's your thing. Um, in this, you can, so in Ether Resort, in each building, you can interact with each character. So the hot springs is an example where there are these additional items you can purchase to decorate the hot spring. They're little rubber duckies. And if you actually tap on the heroes in, in the hot spring, they'll splash each other. So there is yeah. that little pieces of interaction, but is it what we want in Fire Emblem Heroes? No. Okay. 
<laughs> and I and I and I agree. I mean, it, it's it's cute. It's a nice thing to have, but I mean, your castle in fates, uh, you could do stuff in the buildings other than just sit there. Yes, the hot springs was pretty much the same thing. You just went in there and either ran away from the opposite gender or <laughs> sat with the same gender and just chatted. You know, and even then it was just like one line, then and when you leave, another line. So there wasn't much, never been much to actual hot springs. Yeah. And, but I don't see any way they can really put any buildings that do something more without altering the way they have things set up how they want. So unless they're going to start letting us, you know, build buildings that can start producing other uh, resources like rails or feathers or other things that we can collect in there it's mm -hmm. not going to be for me yeah like giving us a reason to check in more than just having like a small again like drip of this of this nonsensical resource like having the ability I, to farm feathers like let's let's open a chicken coop oh i get 50 feathers every time i click in here like mm -hmm. Not the greatest thing, but still a step in the right direction, right? And and that's how yeah. that's how Dragalia lost the little I've played of Dragalia Lost when you're building up your, your, your town and upgrading it. There are specific buildings you can build to harvest resources. And they're not like that game has like sixteen different resource, you know, types. So yeah, you're not and getting if they were gonna do this they'd have to add more resource types or something, because I don't think they're gonna wanna change the way you get the current resources. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, maybe if they added in something where I could actually get accessories that I missed. Uh, there's not many, but there are a couple accessories I missed, or even give us new accessories in there. That would possibly get me in to go in daily and get the that special currency for it. But there is an accessory shop, but I again, like you know, it doesn't do anything of note. So yeah, it allows you to just show a character in a different accessory randomly yeah so just I, like the weapon shop so exactly i mean obviously i think we when we first discussed ether resort we didn't feel it was for us and and sure enough it proved to be just the yeah. case so it, it's exactly what i expected and i'm never gonna spend orbs to double the affinity build especially since the affinity build is gonna run out very quickly yeah i mean Yes, it's nice that you get some ether stones for building stuff, but unless they add things fast and rapid, even if it's just cheesy stuff like more ducks, more rubber ducks or something, it I you know I'm at one ninety I think so. If I get in two or three times this week and then get the sixty next week, I'll get that last building. Then I'm just working on unlocking those extra three slots. Hmm. And then I've got nothing else to build. Yeah, I don't know. I I I mean, we probably won't talk about the mode again until something crazy happens. If it pops up in a version update, maybe we'll talk about it. But uh, if you're enjoying Ether Resort, let us know in the in the Fire Emblem channel in our Discord. But uh, until then, nothing wrong with enjoying it. I mean, I'll, no, you know, when I hop in to get my weekly um, sixty affinity for watching a special event. I usually go play around in the spa for the hot uh, spring for a little splashing the characters. 
Oh yeah, that's a good or point. Hop into the inn, shutting the turning the lights on and off to see who's going to reach over and turn the light off after I turn it on. You're you just know? torturing so. these poor little creatures. <laughs> well, there's not much else to do with the mode. <laughs> Well, don't give Eddie an ant farm for Christmas, everybody. Uh, with that, let's look at the events that are currently going on in the in the game. Uh, yeah, we, as usual, have a new arena, Blessed Gardens, Tactic Drill, Rival Domains, and Ether Raid, Ether Raid Season. Uh, I learned how to talk one of these days, I promise. And yet I keep promising that and never do it. Uh, we have Grand Conquest running till the 23rd. The April Orb promo running till the 24th. The Forging Bonds also running till the 24th. The Bound Hero Battle Revival for Ephraim and Murr running till the 25th. The Three Heroes Quest for Leon, Elwood, and Raven running till the 27th. The Spring Orb promo running till the 7th. And Tap Battle Heartstrings Ties running till the 10th of May. And uh, something we didn't mention early on, but with the return of this new tap battle, this is not a rerun tap battle, right? Nope. Yeah, so there there are quests, and the quests have orbs. Ten orbs in the quests, and, yes. and each... Orbs and some... are back, and you can have people running around with a picnic uh, tray on their head. Tap battle's back, baby. All right, cool. Well, I'm glad we got that note in, because a lot of people, including me, were upset about the lack of quests and orb rewards well, so there were quests previously they just no decent right. rewards from them we want orbs we want orbs it was it was essentially for me it was 1200 feathers because they were all or maybe 1500 feathers because they were all repeat accessories ones i already had true true well that's good uh so just a heads up folks we're not going to have an episode next week so the upcoming events are over the next two weeks so don't get excited thinking there's like oh so much happening in the next week this is events starting by may 4th you've got tempest trials plus login bonus plus the banner starting on april 21st then you have got heroes with iceberg banner on the 23rd of april then tempest trials plus starts proper on the 24th Followed by Bound Hero Battle Titania and Mist, plus the banner for that, starting on the 25th. Voting Gauntlet Login Bonus, plus banner, until uh, starts on April 26th. Then you've got your Legendary Hero Banner, plus battles, starting on the 27th. Golden Week Celebration, also starting that day on the 27th. Voting Gauntlet on the 30th of April, rounding out that month. Followed by Heroes with Wrath Banner, starting on May 2nd. Sounds quite like a lot. A lot com- yeah, quite a lot coming up. And uh, actually, we are um, also going to be changing our recording day, so it'll be starting by the 5th oh. is what the dates are going to be. True, I had forgotten about that. So are we missing anything if we bump it to the 5th? Uh, I can try and double-check quickly. but Well, while you're double-checking... There might be uh, something coming on the 5th. Yeah, I will mention while you're double-checking that... So Golden Week celebration starting on the 27th, and... You know, if there's something significant there, we might, you know, do a, a little mini to cover some of this uh, new stuff. But it, that's usually a pretty significant bonus week where we get a lot of extra orbs and a lot of extra, like, questy type stuff. I believe last year it was, like, four different new things, including some special summoning. Do I remember that yep. correctly? I think so. Um, it's been a while, so. And I'd have to go back and hunt it down if I to truly remember, but. Uh, it does look like uh, a versus revival Grand Hero battle starting on the fourth. 
So that was missed even to begin with. Oh, okay. Just to rib you a little bit there. Well, I can't win them all. Okay, well, that's yep. good. Good to know. There's a lot of stuff to c- make sure it covers, so. Yeah, two weeks is a long time, especially when you're used to doing it week by week. But uh, let's move into our topic here. You've got, so before we talk about the picnic heroes, we're going to just follow yes. up on something I covered last week in our mini for the Out of Gallia banner. You've got, uh, well, let's talk about the story chapter, because it was a new story chapter. Fairly significant events happened in, yeah. that, uh, in that chapter. Um, including the fact that Hell is a very dark place, both the location and Air's mother. She's a very bad person. Yeah. I mean, it gives us more mystery for Hell, because it's like, why is she so interested in power? What What is guiding her to hunt down power? I mean, and her cold attitude towards Air, uh, you know, always made sense to a degree, because, you know, in my mind, death's not supposed to be good or evil. It's just supposed to, you know, death comes for everyone. It's not emotional. So her being cold made sense to a degree. But this new aspect of her killing her daughter thousands and thousands of times just to gain little bits of more and more power, that, that makes her downright cruel. Yeah. No, that, that and that was a... when you When she says it, you're just like, Oh yeah, fire emblem, fire emblem, fire emblem, and then you, when you actually think about it, and you you actually realize what she's just stated, you're right. Like a mother killing her daughter over and over again, and you're just like, what? What dark hell is this place? And man, just well, so dark. Fitting phrasing. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, uh, it's, I mean, yeah, it's like instead of tucking her into bed, she killed her. Yeah, every night for like a lot of time. And the thing is, you you also see, like, Air still struggling to... You, you're wondering, like, okay, well, why is Air struggling to to just break away from Hell? And it's because Air knows her mother has no problem killing her, and Air has one life left, and why else would she not... Li- why else would she disobey her mother? Because if she disobeys, she would be killed for good, Right? Yeah, it I kind mean, of I works. Noticed much of it hasn't felt to me much like Air was tr- struggling to leave Hell or hmm. get away from her mother. I mean, it seemed like she was. This was the first time we saw any indication of her even slightly going against her mother's wishes. Yeah, it's 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 super dark, and it actually reminds me of why Fire Emblem sometimes is sometimes and for the most part is really good at writing these character moments and i think this is the first time with fire emblem heroes where i really felt they've done i think they did a really good job with you know book two but in book three i think they're really coming into their own and creating these new characters specifically for fire emblem heroes and this specific moment was kind of like oh man this is some really good like story setup and really dark stuff and, and it's fitting just based on where we are you know, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. Uh, you have some thoughts on sort of the banner and and the rules of how beast unit transformations work? Uh, yeah, essentially, um, before this, uh, all the infantry units we had were uh, wolves, mm-hmm. although different types of wolves. Uh, so I wasn't sure if, you know, in like all the um, bird tribes had the same... Uh, bonuses when they transformed. So I wasn't 100% sure if it was 
movement based or if it was type of creature based type mm -hmm. thing uh but this banner kind of con suggests uh or maybe even fully confirms that uh the type of uh bonus you get uh beast units get when transformed is based on their uh movement type because um we have four cats so they're all more or less the same subspecies uh Canagus is armored, and he has he gets a free distant counter when he transforms. Uh, the two smaller cats are considered cavalry, and they have the same boost as the as Caden, Pan, and uh, Selkie. Hmm. And Mordecai is. Uh, infantry unit and he has the same boost as all the wolves even though he doesn't even get a special when he is introduced so yeah that's it i mean it's that interesting it's by movement type right is how their bonuses when they transform comes okay well that's really good i and i it was funny that was one of the things when i was writing the banner units uh last week that was one of the things i missed because i completely forgot like yeah of course their their movement type gives them different bonuses and it and i think even when beast first started that was something i failed to latch my mind around it's like wait a minute how right okay so they each have a different movement type and that affects their but even though they're not horses it's it was really weird and yeah i think i mean like the first one was four flying and one infantry yes yeah. and we could have figured like bird types will get this uh you know but wolves will get this one but then you know we got the kitsune and wolfskin banner and the wolves had the same thing as uh nyla mm -hmm. uh but you know the two foxes and pan all had a you know different boost so it, it definitely seemed like it was going with movement type but it for all i knew it could have been species it looks at the species of creature it is and determines how it what boost it gets that way you know mm -hmm. well yeah so that's really that's really interesting but you know another thing you know going back to the beasts and looking at demotions for out of gallia we we sometimes do this where not every banner gets a demotion but we do often like look at a banner and kind of determine like okay which one of these is most likely to be demoted and uh, yeah we you know. yep sorry no i was but it's to you because basically it kind of look, the easy ones to point at. Obviously, for me, not being a super skill based person in this game, looking at Canagus, uh, Calnagus, however you kind of pronounce that, with a tier four skill, pretty much guarantees he's not being demoted. Uh, yeah, and for the same reason, it's highly unlikely Mordecai will get demoted because uh, I think if you look through, all the experience based skills are five star only. Mm -hmm. um, on the previous banner, Thea did get demoted, uh, so the Flying Lance unit there, from the Beyond Darkness. Uh, the others, it could be either of the other two. Um, I don't think either of them has any weapon, or well, they all had unique weapons, uh, so I don't think either of them has any skills that would prevent them from getting demoted. But we won't know until the next banner after they end. So. Yeah, I mean, it's demotion is always an interesting topic, but 
it is funny that it's not an exact science and um and yeah since we now know what is likely to be the way they're handling uh the yearly mass demotion system it'll help determine what units are likely to go down to the three or four star pool eventually hmm. yeah and beasts are a brand new beast right so it's yep. very tough to, to, to look at what intelligence systems, like which beasts they're throwing into the lower pool, or are they looking to keep them five-star? Has there been a beast get demoted? I mean, a, a racing got demoted, right? Because I've gotten yep. him four-star. Racing's the only beast that has been demoted so far. Oh, that poor little bird. Uh, well, let's take a look at this new Special Heroes banner. A brand new Special Heroes type. A season for picnics. Look out, Yogi Bear. These are some picnic baskets that are well-guarded, although I'm not sure the heroes would mind if you raided Felicia's cooking. A new Special Heroes banner arrives to Fire Emblem Heroes, featuring heroes from Fire Emblem Fates and Fire Emblem Echoes Shadow of Valencia. So, Eddie, let's kick this off. Let's look at Flora with her signature dish, making another appearance in Fire Emblem Heroes as a Red Dagger unit this time as an armored variant that specializes in weaponizing picnics. Wielding Serimnir, sure, Serimnir, a weapon effective against beasts and grants attack plus three. Also at the start of, now, I don't even know, the after combat was the, so I wrote these out and there's an after combat that's a normal dagger debuff, so I want to state that ahead yeah. of time. This stuff that happens where it compares the resistance is new. Okay. So, yeah, at the start of combat, if a unit's resistance is greater than the foe's resistance, it reduces foe's attack slash defense by 50% of the difference between the stats during combat, which is calculates reduction before combat, max penalty of minus 8. And then after combat is the normal dagger debuff. Dagger debuff of defense resistance minus 7. Right. Okay, so that's good. Uh, Picnic Flora comes with a brand new A-slot skill called ARD Attack Slash Resistance 3, where if defending an Aether Raids grants Attack Slash Resistance plus X during combat, calculates the X based on number of your defensive structures, 5 plus structures grants plus 10, 4 grants plus 7, 3, blah, 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 blah. Destroyed, dis destroyed defensive structures are not counted. Rounding out her kit, she has Iceberg as her special, Bold Fighter 3 in her B slot, and Armor March 3 in the C slot. Okay, so that was a lot. This seems like a very unique and detailed new hero. And one of the newer heroes to focus on like having a skill specifically for Aether Raids. Yeah, uh, um, both her and her... Her and Lucas have a new Ether Raid unique skills lines. So, being Ether Raid's defense, so you would get this hero and put her on your defense team and hope for the yes, best. Yes, this one only works. Uh, her skill only works during defense. Um, you know, in the more uh, buildings that the opponent destroys, the weaker she gets. Yeah, yeah, which, which would, you know, looking at the way Ether, I, I mean, I don't know, have you watched any of your Ether Raid defense, you know, t attempts? Because I know you can preview those. Yeah, not really. Okay. <laughs> I haven't either. I just thought maybe one of us had. But, uh, 
Now, do you, do you, us being not Ether Raid people, outside of liking the character of Flora or collecting heroes, do you feel like Flora's Ether Raid skill makes her, like, interesting enough to, to try and get her so that you can, you can build out a defense team? Um... I'm kind of a weird one to ask, because especially on special heroes like this, I like to get one of each. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a good chance that if I do get her, I will cons- try and find a way to slot her into the my Ether Raid defense uh, squad. Um, you know, just to get that boost. Uh, but I'm not going to hunt down a bunch of her to get that uh, skill to fodder off to someone, or you know, anything like that. If I was going to try and use her in high-level uh, stuff outside of Ether Raids, I'd replace her A skill with something else, because, you know, that's a dead A skill outside of Ether Raids. Uh, but, you know, like you said, I'm not an Ether Raid person. I uh, am trying to get better of at least doing a couple of them a week, but even then I'm not great at remembering to hop in there. Yeah. So, And I'm wondering, like, that's a really good point. If you're not big into ether raids, and you're certainly not big into min maxing your defense team, do you give Flora like an extra A slot just to use her in normal combat, or do you just kind of let her sit there? If you're going to be using there? her, if you really want to use her, uh, like um, I think Phoenix Master One on his summoning video said he wants to get uh, her and Felicia to try and do a um, Ice Tribe uh, theme battle where he has both versions of the characters going after stuff. Um, So, you know, and he's probably will end up replacing her A slot because (laughs) unless he's doing that in Ether Raids, it's not useful to have. So if I'm going to be using her regularly outside of Ether Raids uh, and not the normal just build her up through Tempest Trials to get the all the skills unlocked and stuff, get her to level 40, it would Makes sense to re- replace that skill, even if with its, even if with it, even if it is with something simple, such as attack plus three. Mm-hmm. You know, now that's probably not a good one to choose, but that's just an example. Something simple to throw in there and fill it out. Okay, no, that's a really good point. There's a min maxing there that that really will hurt. Um, who's our next picnic warrior? Uh, the next um, is Lucas, buffet for one, straight from the battlefield of Valentia, here to relax. We have Lucas with his very, very forgiving taste buds. Uh, if you've played through the paralogue, you know what I'm talking, referring to. Um, he is a blue-armored lance unit. He wields a luncheon lance plus, with, which grants attack defense plus four during combat if he is um, attacked, so if the foe initiates combat. Uh, he has a new AR skill like uh, Flora, as mentioned, but his is uh, A-R-O, Attack Defense 3. Uh, so it only is active when he's attacking, when he's on offense. And it grants Attack Defense plus X, with X being calculated the same as Flora, but based on the foe's defensive structure instead of yours. So the more buildings you destroy, the weaker he becomes in your attack. Oh, so this kind of encourages you to, because the funny thing is, like, I've been playing a little more Ether Raids lately, and 
a lot of people fill their their place so basically mm -hmm. those the way people have been designing because honestly they've just been throwing structures at us non-stop so most people who have been playing here and there have maxed out their their there ether. Yep, there is a limit of structures you can place, but yeah, it makes sense to max it out, because if you can prevent them from killing all four of your characters just by the fact that they can't get through to them, then that, you know, allows you to win the round. Mm -hmm. And you're just looking to win the round. It has been a common, you know, tactic for people to kind of, like, try to get yep. their units lost. I've seen a lot of people sort of pinning some heroes in the corner, so you're off trying to fight their main army in the, to the right, and then you have someone further to the left. Yep. But, yeah, I, um... This is interesting. Another exclusive skill that could become useless if you're not totally into your... Now, I think him being offensive is a little more useful, right? Uh, well, yeah, it is. I mean, both are useful. Um, Aether Raid uh, with Flores, it's one that you cannot really control as much. Because you can't control what buildings the characters do or don't decide to destroy. Um, you know, on the defense, because the computer's controlling them. Mm -hmm. In this, you know, in this one, you know, if someone's having trouble with Flora, they can just destroy a couple buildings and weaken her a little. This one, it's your choice on if you uh, destroy the building. Um, but, I mean, from what I was hearing, he's not highly sought after because... You know, maybe for fodder, if you really want them for, but, like, um, there are better or easier to get Lance armored units out there. Hmm. So, like, at least easier to get would be an Effie, which you can get and do a, a 4 star plus 10, or, you know, you're likely to get enough Effies that you can eventually do a 5 star plus 10 of her. Without having to spend a ton of orbs, mm -hmm. you know, and if you just get one Lucas and give her that skill, she can be quite a beast on defense. I'm sure uh, she's already a bit of a beast to begin with. I've seen some beasts of uh, Effies out there. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think there was a developer map that right. they had an Effie, and she tore yeah, through my and team. His, his other skills of pivot and wary fighter don't give him a ton. I mean, Effie already has wary fighter there, so well, there you, you go. Know. Uh, we've also got Jenny dressed with, uh, oh, well, actually, before we move on to Jenny, like, we, we haven't really talked about the art. So Lucas, I think, has some really cool art, and he's an armored unit, and like you said, he just has a giant backpack, right, that he uses. Well, he's, to... he seems to have a suitcase, from what I can tell from the art. Yeah. And everybody he's seems to be... he a suitcase, the girls have giant backpacks. Right. And are they all armored? Yeah, everyone but Jenny is armored. Yeah, I guess they really haven't had an armored cavalry unit, have they? Well, armored is a movement type, so it'd be kind of hard to do an armored cavalry unit. <laughs> True. Good, good, very good point. You're always on top of me on that one. Um, yeah, no, he he, and he looks really fancy. He's got like an old, like a schoolboy type, you know, look. And I, I think a lot of people were kind of contemplating that this banner might be like a, like a school focused, you know, art. And I can, you kind of see it a bit, right? I mean, I could argue, I could see an argument for schoolboy, but it does kind of seem some like something I think Lucas would wear going out on a picnic. Yeah, like From what I recall of Lucas, that looks like something he would wear on a picnic. And it's like kind of yeah. old-fashioned. I think that's where I get the school yeah. outfit. 
Yeah, it's all kind of like 40s, 50s style aesthetic to the clothes, but for Flora and Felicia, I think it works really well. It looks, you know, it's cute and a bit sexy because of the slightly shorter outfits, but they are fully covered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah, and, you know, speaking of art, looking at Jenny, uh, Jenny dressed with care. While Jenny's art may make you think she will be riding a gentle deer into the picnic wars, that is sadly not the case. This colorless staff cavalry rides a plain old horse. Super yawn. But uh, Jenny wields Toasty Skewer Plus. Bring her up just a little bit in the interesting level. So if a foe initiates comp, only because it's it looks like she's just she's killing you with s'mores, um... If a foe initiates combat against an ally within two spaces of the unit, grants defense slash resistance plus three to that ally during combat. She has a new C-slot skill called Defense Opening 3, where at the start of the turn, grants defense plus six to ally with the highest defense for one turn, which excludes Jenny. Not that she will have the highest defense. Um, yeah, it's the new opening skill, skill line, this one being defense. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of her kit includes Psychic Plus as an assist, Fire Flood Bomb Plus as a special, and Wrathful Staff 3 in the B slot. Yeah, f- physics a common one that's been around forever, nothing new there. Hmm. Can't recall if Fire Flood is a new version of it or not. They've been doing these dual, dual bomb skills on them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not necessarily like fluent in staff, so I'm not really sure like what what new specials are popping up. But Fire yeah, Flood but... Bomb does seem like kind of like newish to me because I I don't recognize it. Yeah, they've they've had like they started with just basic bombs, you know, which would grant one stat. Um, I'm not exactly sure what uh, stats uh, fire Fire Flood boosts, but um, the plus part of it might be new, but. Fire Flood might have been there already. I don't know for sure. It's just a combination of two thing, two skill or two stats that it boosts when she heals every so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are continuing the theme of the healers, kind of focusing on helping the helping everyone else more. Yeah, more of a support and, as opposed to an attack healer. Yeah, and at this point, I really don't understand why they don't just change the healer. Uh, maybe it's because I guess if they did that, they'd feel they were too powerful. But the fact that healer weapons deal half damage unless you have a special skill or a refinement on the staff still going on kind of is like driving me crazy to a degree. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. And, and again, like I think, you know, a lot of people were latching on to the fact that she... I mean, has a deer in her art, but she's not riding a deer. Like, kind of seems like might have been a good opportunity to, like, they've done that before, like with with uh, like mounts with the Pegasus knights. You know, they gave us like a like a different colored Pegasus for Morgan, right? And that was something they experimented with. I think they easily could have given us a deer. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna just I'm gonna make a stand. This is the hill I die on. I mean, looking at the size of the deer in her art, it'd be really hard for her to ride it. Maybe. Uh, without making her look like a little child, which they probably want to avoid. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you could give her a bigger deer to ride. I mean, true. You know, a full-on buck with antlers and all would, wouldn't be far off. But 
Yeah. Well, I guess the idea is that all of these heroes have some animals in their art, and maybe like the deer is yeah. just being four legged is like okay, too close. <clears throat> maybe. Uh, well, who's our last in the banner? Uh, last on the banner is Felicia, uh, off the menu. Flora's sister uh, also joins the battle with her kicking skills just as strong as they were in Fate. Uh, though apparently good enough for Lucas, even if Leo, Leo is baffled by this fact. Uh, she joins as a green ar- armored axe unit. And I use axe um, very loosely. Wielding Eldrimnir. A unique weapon for Felicia that showcases her cooking skills, since it is a pot of food she cooked. And I'm not sure if it's actually the pot hitting them with the pot of pot or the food spilling out that's doing the damage to the enemy. Uh, it grants uh, attacks or it grants speed plus three. Uh, has a similar uh, resistance based uh, bonus to it, although hers uh, will. Sorry. Or no, hers does do the same thing. It attack, defense. Or no, that's sorry, that's I double checked this a second and I actually think it does attack speed, not attack defense. Yeah, attack speed plus fifty. Um reduces their attack and speed instead of attack and defense. Uh if her resistance is greater than the foe's resistance by half of the difference, mm. it reduces attack and speed. Um, I was double checking the data on uh, Serene's Forest and found earlier that they already had some other stuff incorrect. That, and when I was looking here, it showed the same thing for her weapon. But yeah, hers compares resistances, and if hers is greater, does half the difference uh, as a debuff to the attack and speed of the opponent. Uh, Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish up the... Um... Uh, yeah, she doesn't come with any new skills, but she does have Glacies, uh, Speed Defense Bond, Special Fighter, and Close Guard. Yeah, and she doesn't have any new skills, which kind of makes me think that this this might be the weakest of them all, but honestly, like, I'm such a fan of Felicia's bad cooking and the way she's portrayed in these games, and also her art is this, like, weird purpley sludge in in the uh, in her pot. Which almost yeah. makes her probably that, that my preferred. Her cooking. Yeah, her cooking. <laughs> almost my preferred, uh, my preferred hero out of this whole uh, banner. Just because, even though she's probably a terrible unit in comparison to all the others, but just because of her art and her bad cooking, I think that that's kind of the character I want to go for. I don't think she's that terrible. I Not mean, terrible, she has a but... full. She has a full skill set, and the special fighter is pretty powerful. Um. Whereas Lucas only has two skills, plus a pivot, not even a special skill. So, you know, uh, she has a unique weapon. Usually unique weapons are a bit, you know, a bit more powerful. And the fact that she can uh, down their attack and speed while she's fighting them, you know, is nice. So, you know, so she's... Probably one of the better units in the thing. Well, that and her cooking. Yes. She, she has bad cooking. I mean, she has really bad cooking, and that seems to be the uh, the, the focus of the paralogue, except for the fact that, you like you mentioned, Lucas is kind of like, nah, this is pretty good. 
because it's better than the garbage we eat better usually. Than raw flour, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there was a joke in Echoes where he's basically eating hot garbage. Well, no, in, yeah, in Echoes, I mean, half the foods you can give them are just raw flour or <laughs> raw bits. You know, half the foods you pick up and feed to them to heal them up. I never even thought about that. That's so true. You definitely pick up a lot of flour and make your units eat flour. Yeah. So. Oh man. When you're in a dungeon. They have to eat flour to survive. That's a callback. Yeah. I love it. Uh, While well, rounding out the... Now that's the banner. We also have a Tempest Trial starting in a couple days. And the free unit is Leo Extra Tomatoes. Or Tomatoes, depending on how you say it. Uh, who doesn't love a good BLT? Well, Leo is more about the triple T, as tomatoes seem to be his thing. This Green Mage Cavalry unit will be exclusive to the upcoming Tempest Trials Plus... Wielding Sandwiches Plus at 5 stars, the plus stands for Extra Tomatoes. If a foe initiates combat, grants attack slash resistance plus 4 during combat, and the rest of the kit has Glimmer as a special, Distance Defense 3 as an A slot, and Quick Repose 3 in the B slot. So, Tempest Trials Unit, Leo, what are your quick thoughts on, on the fact that we're getting some extra tomatoes? Uh, he looks like a Tempest Trials Unit. That he does. That is a great I mean, description. No, nothing that amazing on any of his stuff. Um, I didn't double check his stats. Maybe they're pretty decent. Uh, he's a green mage, so you can throw some other, you know, green cavalry mage. So you can throw some things on him to round him out, and he might be a pretty decent unit. Mm-hmm. Well, he's free, right? So that we have that, we yep. do have that to look forward to, and we'll be able to start earning that character in the coming days. So. Stay tuned for that. Eddie, Game Club is here, and this is the final discussion for Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon. We have finished the last two chapters, and yeah, Eddie, why don't you break down the last two chapters, and then we'll get into some discussions. Uh, We start uh, chapter 24, fighting our way to the castle where Medeus resides, uh, with a lot of dragons out there to meet us. Which makes sense, because this is supposedly the land where dragons came from. Uh, And Medeus is a dragon as well, so, you know, makes sense that he would live in a land of dragons. Uh, As we fight through the Horde of Dragons, we do have a chance to run down to the temple near the bottom uh, to try and grab the Alm Staff, which will allow us to resurrect a unit. So... uh, Then we head on to the endgame, going into the castle, having fought our way there. Uh, where we find Medeus there. Uh, we decide, uh, according to Medeus's plan, or as he expects, to split up into four groups, so you start this chapter all spread out, uh, which makes for some, you know, you have to really think about where you're putting characters and other things. Um, and you do have to fight through more dragons, although it does did feel like it was a smaller percentage of dragons than the previous uh, map. And randomly closing doors on you as you fight your way to them. Yeah. So. That was so stupid. I fucking hated that. Sorry, pardon the language. Oh, it, it annoyed me to no end as well. It's like, I'm, I have four characters, like one set of characters I managed to move out before the doors tried to close on me. Might have even had a guy in the door when they tried to close. But the other set of characters I was fighting my way down had a ballista down there 
uh, pelting my healer who was with the group, so I had to keep moving her up out of the way. Uh, and then the door shuts on me, and we're all trapped out of range of these guys that are just sitting there pelting us. Yeah, that last map, it, it, uh, I restarted so many times because I kept forgetting to move my characters. And I think maybe it's both sides of the map, but it's definitely the left side. They give you one of the units drops a key. So yeah. I would, you know, if I got one of my characters out, I would send the key to the convoy or I would send the key to somebody who was, who was already past the two doors and, and characters got... I kept going and I had characters locked at the very top of the map and then quickly realized that like, oh, they're sitting ducks for the ballistas that keep coming in those reinforcements. Yep. And I was like, ah. So eventually I, I had to brute force it in a way where I was like, kept restarting to make sure I aggressively moved my characters through the lockable doors and also made sure that I wasn't, you know, killing them in the process, right? It was a fine balance. Yeah. I think I only restarted once. Um, very early on, I was trying to clear out the room right below on the top right corner, and I didn't realize the dragon would be able to get to one of the characters, so I had um, Sita get wiped out in the first round because, you know, the dragon, uh, the damage from the guy she killed, and one other thing happened, hit, and she was gone. You know, or whatever. She didn't have enough to survive all that. Uh, so I restarted because of that. But, you know, after that, I was... It was just like... Like I said, I had a healer and a mage along with my two heavy armored units up in one corner. Or two of my heavy armored units up in one that one corner. And they got locked in that room. And as I moved the healer and the mage to try and get away from the ballista that kept firing on them, it's couldn't get quite far enough because you know he would move closer and suddenly they'd be in range again mm -hmm. yeah luckily that... they survived but yeah i um i i restarted a lot with those early times and and trying to get the right units in each side to have them survive through the dragons that were there and again, Tiki yep. was kind of a godsend in this map because oh, yeah. no matter what lane you put her in, she was able to tear through a majority of the units and especially the dragons with her Divine Stone uh, yeah. ability. And she was invaluable on whatever side I put her on. But um, this map specifically benefited from having one, if not more, ballistas trained up because that ballista combined with the character Goda, who, who joins at the very beginning of this uh, final chapter, allows yeah, you to... take out some of those ranged guys pretty... Yeah. Easily. I I used them to take out the healers first, because I found the healers were kind of healing up the ballistas I was having a hard time getting. Um, I took out the, yeah, I, the first ballista first, I didn't first, do it though. first, but I did eventually start taking them out, and all. yeah, mm. Get, they kept healing up the ballistas, so it's not like I could do much about them, so... Yeah, and I guess I was having a hard time killing those ballistas because I think magic was the thing that really took them out. I'm, th I'm remembering correctly because physical damage Possibly. didn't seem it's to been work. A while. You know. Yeah, it's um, been been over a week since we did it, finished it, so I can't remember exactly which it needed to use. But I very quickly um, threw a couple characters that I could afford to leave behind on those two stairs as soon as I could get in there. Yeah, and did you... So I was looking up strategies for this map because I was having a hard time, and I, I didn't do this because I didn't have a strong enough Marth. But there is a way 
to defeat this map in two turns, or in one turn, basically. Can you guess how that would work? Uh, warp staff have Marth warp to the uh, to Medeus and kill him. Well, yeah. I say okay. Maybe that was easier on, than on the first defense round. Yeah. So essentially, what you would do is you would need two warp staffs. You would warp in one character to take out the dragon protecting Medeus, and then warp Marth in to take out oh. Medeus and. I mean, that would have required you to really, really train up your Marth and, and essentially another unit. And, and probably get good stat growths while you're doing it. Yeah, for sure. I ended up ha- Tiki ended up killing Medeus for me because I didn't realize you couldn't stand on the sides of Medeus. Oh. You have Tiki attack him, then have Marth come around to the side and attack him. And then it's like, oh, no, she can't, he can't get out of the way, so I made sure Tiki was healed up and... He wasn't able to kill Tiki, and she retaliated by killing him. Hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, in my progress, as I was, you know, working towards the final part of this map, I did lose one character, and that was Agma. I think he just kind of lagged behind in my sort of internal retreat within the uh, within the map, and he just got picked off, and I was like, you know what, I'm not restarting. He can die. <laughs> I'm not restarting. Yeah, I had um, two deaths in the chapter. Uh, Caster and Draug, uh, but I did have a lease with the Alm staff, and I brought Caster back. Essentially, um, hoping there was something decent in the shop down in the corner, I sent Caster down to investigate it, because uh, he had like the silver card on him from previous maps. Right. Finding nothing was in there when I got him back. Uh, there was a unit that was running around the outside coming after me. And to protect, I think, possibly Elise herself or some other characters that definitely would have been one-shot by the guy I put Caster in the in the uh, way to block him. He killed Caster, and then next round Elise he, uh, revived him. Uh, then later on, um, Drog was down there uh, defending the gap as the never-ending re... Uh, never-ending reinforcements kept coming up and I knew the dragon would be a challenge but I looked at the stats and uh, Drag should have survived but the dragon got a crit killed him. Mm-hmm. Should have survived long enough for me to throw a heal on him in the next round. But he got critted and no more. Yeah, and no. I was at the point where it's like no I'm not restarting. So for the Sorry, Drog. Yeah, for the Alm staff, I didn't get that. How does that work in resurrecting? You just use it and you get to pick a character that died? Yep. No. Oh. When I used it, I had a list of three characters. The random guy who died when I first picked him up, Medea, and Castor. How many charges on the staff? One. Oh. Can you use it in 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 the battle, or do you have to use it in between battles as you're preparing? Yeah, it was in the battle. Okay. Sorry, Agma. <laughs> Essentially, it's a staff she carried. Elise, I think only Elise can use it. Because it says a princess needs to use it. And she's the only healing. Although maybe Maria could have. I don't know if Maria counts as a princess or not. But Does uh, Elise so, join with Alm? Or do you Elise, have to get it? Elise joins in your um, roster at the start of chapter 24. So like at the end of chapter 23, Elise joins the army and she's there in your roster at the start of chapter 24 mm-hmm. and i missed that because i thought she would join at the start of the map like goto did 
in the last chapter. Uh, so I could have had a chance to build her up even a bit stronger before we got to that final chapter. Um, right. So all in all, final thoughts on Shadow Dragon now that we're com- we've completed it. And it was a long haul because we did take a bit of a hiatus halfway through. But Eddie, I, I got to say, I'm glad we finished it. I'm glad we experienced it. I definitely see the critiques that people had when it came out and why it nearly killed the Fire Emblem franchise in North America. I see that now. Um, but all, not a terrible game. It kind of felt like very much a, uh, an evolution of the GBA version, but not enough of an evolution, if, if that sounds right. I'd have to look into exactly what, if anything, they did for this version. But I think the issue is that it's a, it's kind of a de-evolution of the GBA version. I don't think they changed that much from the original game for this port, and that was part of the issue. You know, if you look at Echo Shadow Valentia, th- that was the second game that came out, the game that came out right after this one. And I'm glad we played through this one. It's nice to see the story and get to know the characters to what the degree that you get to know them. Uh, you know, that's one thing I like about the more modern ones is you get, get a lot more of the actual character of your units with all the support conversations and stuff and interactions around the castles that you can do with them. Um, but, like, it just it suffers from the fact that it was a game from, what, 89, 90? When did the first game, when did it originally come out? Mm. You know? Yeah, it's been. I think Fire Emblem actually has just celebrated its 29th anniversary. So yeah, if it just uh, today, I think yeah, today we're saying it was its 29th anniversary. So 90 came out. It. Mm-hmm. This is a game from 1990 where they changed a few things, but not a ton. And it kind of shows. And it's a good game. I enjoyed it. It's in the fact that. So little has changed since the beginning to a degree, you know, like the main, there are so many basics in here and maybe they added a bunch of stuff in the DS release, but you know, the the fact that it's lasted this long does show that it was a good game idea, a good premise Mm -hmm. and just, it's showing its age. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a very good way. It's a very good, a solid way of putting it, and um, I, for one, I'm glad we did get through it. I'm glad we didn't drop out, although it was tempting. I'm glad we got through it. But um, to address the need for something more recent, we are looking at Fate's Conquest next, and we're actually we actually played through the prologue because that's very much something a lot of people have all experienced, even if they haven't played uh, Conquest, and that prologue being the first ch- six chapters. So we're also going to be discussing the next six chapters of Conquest, specifically Conquest. So we're playing up to chapter 12 of Fate's Conquest for the next game club. Yep. So if you caught the uh, message in Discord that we were going to do the prologue this week, uh, you should be already at chapter 7, ready to go. If not, those six chapters I finished within one night, so they really don't take that long. No. Uh, And they give you a lot of backstory. Uh, which 
I'll definitely have some words on that next week. Yeah. Um, or in two weeks, I guess, when we next record. So. Yeah, lots um, to talk about. It'll be, it'll be interesting. I haven't played Fate's Conquest. Uh, I haven't tried to play Fate's Conquest in a long time, and and Fate's was one of those games that again was kind of not panned, but criticism was certainly delivered uh, to this game. So we'll we'll talk about all that in the coming weeks and months as we complete fate's conquest in our next segment of game club quickly now let's do a couple of little small hits before we head out of here over in speculation corner eddie we've got a legendary banner coming up deliver us uh, yeah. the uh the, the hits uh roy's returning uh pretty quickly quicker than normal uh but i think that's because the pair up has finally gotten revealed and so they wanted to bring him back uh and also the new mode that's starting that he can be used in so they wanted to bring him back early for that um from what the thing shows we do not have a colorless hero or a colorless legendary or mythic scheduled for this month so we should get a new colorless yeah mm-hmm. that i have no clue who it could be no maybe we'll get a lease maybe like a fates uh like a fates yeah fates legendary no. would be nice Sorry, I meant the other Elise. Oh. The one with the C that we just had for a chapter in Shadow Dragon. Maybe. Or it could be the, could be the Elise with an S. I mean, you know? I think your your Elise makes more sense. She's I mean, she's more legendary. If, if we're going to go with a recent uh, healer unit to for the legendary, I would definitely want Alyssa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. I mean, maybe we'll get that someday. Maybe we will eventually get a legendary Alyssa. Uh, so yeah, I think that, uh, that's good. Um, so look forward to that. That legendary banner is, uh, starting on the 27th. So within the next week, um, quickly though, let's look at the Outrealm gate. No, we don't have any three houses details. If we did, we would certainly be shouting it from the rooftops. But what we do have is the, uh, Dragalia Lost crossover. Neither of us are currently playing the game, but Alphonse will be joining Dragalia Lost in a crossover event between April 26th and May 14th. So, Eddie, how stoked are you to boot up Dragalia Lost for Alphonse? I can wholeheartedly announce that I have a very, very strong response to this. Oh. That response is meh. (laughs) A very strong and resounding man. Now, I I mean, I, I don't disagree. But do you feel like you would have looked at this a little closer if it wasn't a fey hero and maybe just a Fire Emblem, like if it was Lissa or Lynn or Hector or Krom even? Would that have gotten you look at this a little closer? If it was Lissa, it probably would have. But actually the fact that it's a fey character uh, made me consider almost downloading it and trying it out. Mm. Oh yeah, because you haven't tried it yet. Yeah, I cannot definitely can't afford and don't don't really want to get into another gotcha game at this point and it you know maybe once they announce the other characters if there's someone I really want I'll take a look at it but you know cuz it seems to indicate that there's going to be more characters coming for the event. Yeah, it's just it... Alphonse is going to be a guaranteed character during the event and if you use him enough you will get um, to keep him for mm-hmm. free. 
It is a weird... So, so the, the way the game does some of these special events is, like, you're given the hero to use, and the more you use that hero in the other modes during the time period of the event, the more you fill a bar, and if that bar fills, you then get to keep that five-star unit. And I guess this is the first time they've given away a five-star unit, so this is a, a pretty big deal, but, I mean... I, for one, probably would have been more likely to, to really jump back in and check this out if it was if it was a Fire Emblem hero from, from one of the other games, not necessarily a... Like, Alphonse is kind of... I even probably would have been more likely if it was, like, Fiorm or Air. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, the original trio characters, I'm just... Ah, guys, like... It's not that interesting, I guess. Like, do they think yeah. this is going to bring people over to Fire Emblem Heroes? Like, I don't think so. But Maybe, and it might. You it know, might. Maybe there will be some. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. Well, no. if, if we do have some Jigalia Lost fans out there listening to the show, certainly let us know if you're stoked to see some cross-pollination between the two games. But that is going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Eddie, right. thank you so much for joining this week to discuss the game. Uh, visit us on the web gamersinpodcast.com slash fay email the show fay at gamersinpodcast.com check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers In Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord let us know if you are interested in picnics or wars or the combination of the two follow us on Twitter you can find myself at Eddie at Drelfear and don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates that's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call have a great week and Happy summoning.